Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, there we go. Glad uh, got this going. And hey, with the depth chart release, I am not surprised. But man, thanks for the number of you in the chat right now, right here on Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. Thank you for being Gators Breakdown Plus members and something we've been waiting for, waiting for, waiting for. I don't know how many messages I have gotten <laughs> over the last couple of days. When are we going to get a depth chart? Well, here we are Monday evening, a uh, few days before Florida travels to Dallas first, and then Salt Lake City, Utah, with the hurricane coming. Florida, of course, got to change some travel plans. Uh, so uh, not straight to Salt Lake City uh, on Wednesday, like the original plan was for Billy Napier. Now I'm going to fly out on Tuesday, head to Dallas, and then uh, we'll head to Salt Lake and get ready for the game versus Utah on Thursday night, of course. So, uh, hey, without further a ado let's uh we'll, we'll go through the depth chart just a little bit i'm uh glad uh, that florida released it right here figured it would be on this monday evening i thought it would be sunday or monday um and you know we got i know we had jimbo jimbo please mute please um and then yeah got the depth chart i thought it'd be sunday or monday um new, new florida that press conference unless it's happening right now um, it was supposed to be at 6.30 originally, uh, and then they pushed it up to 6, and as we record at 7.30 almost, it still has not happened. So I'm sure Florida's scrambling uh, and trying to get everything uh, in um, everything you know, together uh, for, for the trip on Tuesday now. Uh, so let me, I'm trying to, well, guys, you, you get a, you get a good little preview here of what's going on, but I will be, I'm replying to a text right now. Sirius XM SEC radio wants me to jump on with Alyssa Lang and Chris Doring tomorrow morning, uh, at, there you nine, go. at nine o'clock. So let me reply Heck yes yeah. on that right quick. So I don't lose my spot, <laughs> but, uh, uh, and, and just really quick, it looks like Napier did just finish up his presser and they had a couple players as well. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, Delator and he said he was late and it happened already and Marshall was up now, but that was at seven of nine, so it's probably somebody yeah, else up there. Yeah, I figured with the timeline, and uh, of course I wasn't there in person, of course, but uh, I, I figured it was still happening. They probably not throwing it up on YouTube. Was it on? They didn't live stream. I didn't get a notification for it. Yeah, it yeah, I didn't either. Okay. I, I checked YouTube and I checked Twitter. I didn't see it, so they, they I, might have on Gator Vision later. Yeah, I, I think Jacob Rudner says that the that the he said that the midweek pressers will not be live streamed. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if they were considering this a mid 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 of even though they're they're going to have pressers on Mondays. Of course, we all know that. I wasn't sure if they were going to consider this one midweek or not. So 
Uh, makes sense. Uh, I think in the past that we we know the midweeks usually aren't streamed. So um, I guess we're going to keep with that. So, all right, hey guys, let's get to it. The depth chart, and I'm just going to go through it as they presented it to us, not starting with quarterback or anything like that, but wide receiver, uh, Ricky Pearsall at one spot, Eugene Wilson, Aiden Mazel, the two true freshmen behind him. Going to outside here, Caleb Douglas, Marcus Burke, Andy Jean at one of the wide receiver spots. And then our first surprise of the depth chart release, Khalil Jackson as a starter here for the Gators with Jaquavion Frazier's uh, behind him. So there's your three wide receiver spots, and I'm sure you guys, like me, are a little surprised. And look, I'll give credit. I do not remember who it was, but I was on YouTube last night. Will and I were doing the – or over under a prediction episode, and there was a guy in there saying he was picking Khalil Jackson to be his breakout player, and maybe the little birdie knew something. Maybe he knew something right here as Khalil Jackson is listed as a starter right here uh, for the depth chart week one versus Utah here. So, I mean, first of all, before we get into this this move right here for for Billy Napier and Billy Gonzalez right here at the wide receiver spot, this is a depth chart. We don't – Florida stuck mostly to it last year for the most part. I mean, I remember a year ago before the first game, we see Trevor Etienne was listed as a third running back instead of Lorenzo Wingard. We all go crazy and we saw, hey, that that, that was some truth there. Uh, but uh, as we go through here, you know, we'll, we'll see. I still expect a lot of these guys who are not starters to get a lot of play in time. Uh, but um, no surprise, Pearsall, uh, maybe a mild surprise, Caleb Douglas, um, but – you know, I'm hearing he had a really good spring, have taken that to fall camp too. I mean, him or Marcus Burke, I wouldn't have been surprised uh, starting there, but Khalil Jackson uh, being named the starter, that's the biggest surprise at the wide receiver spot. He must be a dog. <laughs> yeah. Somebody must have knew something. He got, what, a scholarship back in, what, July? Yeah. And then uh, that's right. being a walk-on. I mean, uh, I, I've seen, I mean, from what I've seen from him, I mean, like he looks, he kind of looks the part from the small portion I've seen from it, but like, uh, that's pretty, pretty crazy, man. I mean, and, and of course, he, like he said, like with uh, last year, uh, putting Trevor Etienne in there, I mean, we have those receivers, obviously the freshman receivers, everybody, you know, wants to see on the field. You, you might see them too. Oh, for sure. Um, with, uh, with Jackson, hey, he's got the genes. He's got the family genes right here. And uh, the, those Jacksons have done some great things. Uh, in their careers at Florida, that family has meant a lot to the University of Florida. Maybe, maybe one more, maybe slot one more Jackson in here at re- receiver uh, and doing some good things at Florida. But yeah, I was, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. And you, you know, Will Miles is too. He, he texts me after seeing this depth chart. Remember, guys, he picked Quavion Frazier's to be uh, you know one of the players we could count on uh, at wide receiver. But uh, look, he'll still contribute a lot. Still have that opportunity to be that type of player for Florida. Uh, but Khalil Jackson getting in here, uh, 6'3", 210, redshirt uh, sophomore, of course, as Dave said, got that uh, that that scholarship. But uh, does this, um, beyond the surprise, does this worry you any, make you feel better about the wide receiver spot, seeing Khalil Jackson listed as a starter? It's the unknown, man. <laughs> I don't know if I'm worried or if I'm surprised. I just... I guess, I guess I'm more of a surprise and intrigued by it, just based on the fact that, you know, it, he was a walk-on. He earned a scholarship. So obviously he did something right to, to get that scholarship. So I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued by it, to be honest. What's about the other guys out there? I think they put it good. I think intriguing is probably the best way to put it. Probably it's some fun. intrigue, some worry. 
obviously. It just depends on how heavy we're going to go 12. But then it also leads to some more worry about who is your second tight end because you're going to go young there too. So it's going to be some inexperience, a little intrigue either way. Either going 11, you have some intrigue there. Either going 12, you got some intrigue there. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think we awesome. all expect still Trey Wilson, Aid Mazel, you know, Andy Jean. I, I think we know you know those guys are going to to play uh, and get plenty of reps. Uh, you know, kind of going back to something we talked about last week, though. You know, and something I brought up was these young freshman receivers being in their first game that hostile environment of Utah. Now, don't get me wrong. Florida's used to playing at Tennessee and at LSU, at Tallahassee last year. You know, the, the the young guys will get their first taste of Death Valley and LSU this year. Uh, but you know, Florida the, the, for most of the team and guys who played last year and have been on the team for for a few years, the atmosphere at Utah is not going to be surprising to them at all. But for those freshman receivers, you know, the the the, the Mazel, the Wilson, and the Gene, that's you know that 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 this would be their first time. I mean, while it might not be. You know, I saw, I think it was Nick DeLatore, a good, good buddy. I think he posted it earlier where Utah's stadium would rank in SEC size and it was next to last to Vanderbilt. Uh, so the crowd size won't be anything new for these people, uh, for, for, for this team. The crowd noise won't be much of a factor, but it will be for those true freshmen. So maybe that kind of comes into it a little bit too. But I expect, you know, at least one of the true freshmen uh, to get a Good bit of reps versus Utah and uh, this depth chart, you know, especially for the receiver position. We know that kind of naturally, um, you know, you, you'll you'll rotate a good bit. You'll go to your you, you'll go to your second set of guys a good bit. Well, and Dave, this and this is just me speculating, but whether it's Khalil or whether it's Arliss, there could be a component here of you know these guys are just better in practice at blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking that could be part of that angle. Hey, guys, you want something else Florida just put out? The uniform schedule. So let's break it right here on Gators Breakdown Plus. Uh, Utah game, Florida, it will be wearing. I sent it in the chat. Uh, Did you? Okay, we'll go through here, too, just in case you guys are not seeing it. But got it pulled up right here, August 31st versus Utah. Orange, white, blue. So orange helmets, blue pants. Uh, McNeese, orange, blue, white. So traditional. Uh, September 16th, Tennessee, all blue with the orange helmets. So, of course, uh, no surprise there for Florida. Uh, let's see, Charlotte, orange, blue, white, traditional uniforms again. Uh, at Kentucky, orange, white, white, orange helmets, white jerseys, white pants. Vanderbilt, orange, blue, white, traditional again at home. At South Carolina, orange helmets, white jerseys, blue pants. Uh, Georgia, orange helmets. Blue tops, white pants. Of course, November 4th versus Arkansas. Black, black, black. Fans wear black. So it will be a blackout uh, right there. Let me go back to uh, for Tennessee, fans wear blue. For Vanderbilt, fans wear blue. Charlotte, fans wear orange. McNeese, fans wear white. Uh, when Florida travels to LSU, of course, LSU likes to wear the home whites. Florida will be in all blue with the orange helmets. Uh, versus Missouri, orange helmets, white tops, blue pants. And then Florida State, the only time Florida at home, uh, besides the, the Arkansas game, uh, when Florida wears orange tops or orange helmets versus Florida State, Florida will be in all blue, blue tops, blue pants versus Florida State at home. So there's your uniform schedule. Yeah, we're going to smack Kentucky. <laughs> orange, white, white. There we go. Um, so there's your uniform schedule. 
Hopefully they leave Florida State black and blue and then again. Oh, there Boom. we go. All right, guys, let's keep it going right here. Let's go to the depth chart, uh, and we can come back around the receiver if we want to. Uh, left tackle, Austin Barber, no surprise, backed up by Jordan Herman or Bryce Lovett. Left guard, maybe here's the uh, maybe mild surprise. Uh, we heard about this. I think I brought it up the second scrimmage notes. But instead of Micah Mazuka being at left guard, it is Richie Leonard at left guard. Micah Mazuka is at right guard. So we thought Mazuka was going to come in, play left guard, where he mostly played at Baylor. Uh, but now we kind of get our first switch here. Uh, Micah Mazuka taking over for Osiris Torrance at right guard. And Mazuka's got that uh, reputation of being, you know, being a great run blocker. Uh, and now we'll kind of fill in that right guard spot after Osiris Torrance leaves. Uh, we go to center, and this is where we get our first injury question in just a little bit here. Kingsley Aguacan is listed as questionable, lower body injury. I originally heard that he was going to be okay and, and, and be able to play. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think the confidence was as high as it was, but I still haven't heard the plan is for him not to play. I still expect him to play as of now, uh, but maybe uh, not as confident as it once was. Jake Slaughter is listed as the backup at center. He would get the start there if Kingsley's not able to go. Uh, if we go back to right tackle, Michael Mazuka, Najee Harris backs him up at right guard. And then at right tackle, Damian George backed up by Lindell Hudson. So, guys, there's really nothing too alarming, right? Mazuka being at right guard and Richie Leonard being at left guard. Leonard played a lot last year, uh, got some good reviews uh, there at, at guard. I think that just kind of what we'll all be waiting to see is maybe, maybe Kingsley not starting at center. Yeah, they got. Knows you at Harris at like right guard, center, <laughs> left guard. Yeah. <laughs> Depth is scary. Really is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I mean, behind Austin Barber, I mean, hopefully this guy can stay healthy because Jordan Herman at left tackle. I mean, maybe, maybe you unearthed something. A year ago, we were not talking about Austin Barber coming in and doing what he did. And, and, and now, you know, we were so confident in him being a left tackle this year. But a year ago, it took Tarquin to get hurt, Barber to come in and really show off. So, um, no, I'll agree. As it looks right now, yeah, depth would still be a concern. Maybe they're still deeper there than we actually think they are. Uh, but, yeah, we need Austin Barber to stay healthy at left tackle. Yeah, I think uh, what really stands out, too, is the size. I mean, the size difference from, like, past depth Oh, good depth point. Charts, good point. Know, Let me go uh, to the every, – Everybody has, like, over 300 pounds, <laughs> maybe one guy at 295, but that's it, man. Like the average weight's probably around like 330, 340. <laughs> look, that's the biggest difference at left tackle. Austin Barber, 300. Herman behind him at 375. There's a 75 pound difference in your, in your, in your start left tackle and your backup left tackle. Uh, and then uh, Rich Leonard, yes, 310. Kingsley, 300. Mazuka, 325. Damian George, 355. Um, there, you know, you would go down in size of Lindell Hudson at right tackle if you had to go to him. I, I expect him to play some as well. Uh, Damian George, 355, Lindell Hudson, 325. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there you go. There's your, there's your offensive line. Six, eight. We are going to absolutely wear teams down with this offensive line if they can stay healthy. Because that size, carrying that size for four quarters, boy, I would not want to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point with Jordan Herman. I mentioned he was 375. He's also 6'8", you know, 6'8", 375. <laughs> and when Barber is 6, you know, basically 6'6", 300. Um, so, yeah, there we go. 
At least we got that going for us. There we go. Got some, <laughs> got some nice ties. Uh, right, Around the mount. All right, let's move to tight end, guys. And uh, Dante Sanders is listed as a starter right now, uh, missing a whole lot of fall camp. So kind of surprised to see that. Uh, Hayden Hanson behind him, Jonathan Odom behind him. I don't know what to make of this tight end depth chart because I expect Jonathan Odom to play a lot. I, re- I, 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 re- I honestly do, especially what he was able to do at the end of last year. Uh, I know he missed some time as well. And look, th- that's the thing about this position, go- dating back to last year. Dating back to this past spring and now fall camp as well, it's just the, the injuries that just seem to happen at this spot. Maybe that has something to do with the depth chart. Uh, but one tight end, you know, set more of the uh, blocking tight end set. I guess we'll li- label it here for Dante Xanders, Hayden Hanson, Jonathan Odom. Then the other set of tight ends, Tony Livingston atop the depth chart, Jonathan Odom behind him, and then Arliss Bordingham, the guy that you know we all heard a whole lot about back in the spring uh, here uh, so far as well, listed as third. So, uh, We'll see, we'll see what that means. Um, if, if we're to take this at face value, I think we're probably a little surprised all this Bordyham is there uh, on the bottom of the depth chart. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong. Tony was recruited as an offensive lineman? Yeah. Like, so I'm assuming that probably has a lot to do with it as far as like the blocking aspect of running 12. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The way, the way they got this here, um, they like they love, love his athleticism uh, as well. I thought, I, th- I mean, I know he's recruited and had that offensive line profile. I always thought he was going to be a tight end. Uh, so, yeah, and even Hayden Hansen's been pretty good in these scrimmages too. Yeah. From what I've from what I've read from the notes. So yeah, a little bit of a surprise there with with Bordingham being a little down on the depth chart. Uh, quarterback, no surprise. Graham Mertz, Jack Miller is listed as the backup and questionable for the game with an upper body injury. He, uh, I mean, he's not going to play. He's not the backup right now. Uh, let's go to Max Brown uh, and Michael Leon. Uh, there's a lot of talk about maybe Leon being the second quarterback, but as far as the depth chart goes, and for the trust the depth chart, it would be Jack Miller, Max Brown, Michael Leon. Yeah, didn't Spurrier say something about him, yeah. uh, Michael Leon? Mm-hmm. Like where he, like where he was at, like what he sees. Well, we just got to keep Murds healthy if uh, what Shane's telling us is true. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Josh Pate's show too. Um, he said, you know, talking to Napier SEC Media Days, Paul Christ at Wisconsin, saying, "Hey, maybe we held, uh, maybe we held yep. Graham Murds back a little bit. Maybe we didn't put him in the best spots." And I know that's been a talking point for us ever since Graham Mertz has, you know, ever since he transferred to Florida and that has been a big conversation. Did that offense hurt him? Did he hurt that offense? Both things can be true at the same time. We're going to get our answer, but I think it, you know, ever since Graham Mertz has transferred from Wisconsin, you know, we kind of heard the whispers of not the best situation. And, and, and we, and we kind of chronicled it on the podcast too, you know, many a times of, um, you know, run on first down, run on second down. Hey, Graham, go convert, go convert third and seven, third and eight. You know, not very conducive, not using a whole lot of play action. Uh, so maybe they weren't putting him in the best spots, and uh, we'll get the unearthing of one Graham Mertz starting Thursday night. Yeah, their offense they ran was like very basic. It was almost kind of Doug Nussmeyer's without the play action <laughs> before the, the three step drop. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, um, the more of the play action and stuff, which he's had, which he's had a lot of success in play action, uh, according if you look at PFF stats and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really curious, man, how they uh, u- utilize Graham Mertz more with play action and sort of kind of the run game that they it, it try to instill with like ET and Montreal and all the rest of those guys. So, 
Speaking of those, running back, no surprise. Montreal, Johnson, Trevor Etienne. Now, Trayon Webb, of course, is the third back with Cam Carroll uh, being out for the season. So before we move to defense, guys, anything else you want to talk about for the offensive side? It jet sweeps with the uh, the freshman receivers, man. <laughs> Too bad on the depth chart they don't have jet sweep guy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Seems like Jackson ran a lot of the uh, end arounds or or sweeps uh, when uh, Henderson wasn't in there last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting that uh, Max Brown is uh, QB three still. Right. Yeah, that's true. Rudner. We all thought um, he would QB two. <laughs> I was gonna say Rudner just put out a tweet um, about Eugene Wilson. It says Graham Mertz on U- Eugene Wilson. I've been in college for a few years and I haven't seen someone that fast, that twitchy. And then Jason Marshall on Wilson. Sometimes you know he is listed second on returner now behind Ricky. You gotta throw him in there, in my opinion. You can't have yeah, Ricky out there. It is. Yep. Yeah, since uh, hold him out. I won't He's got a touch ball. Yeah, I won't bury a- won't bury that since you pointed it out. Punt returner, Ricky Persall, Eugene Wilson, kickoff returner, ETN still listed there. Uh, I don't know if that how much that will change with the you know the depth concerns with Carroll out now at running back, but it is listed on kickoff return, Trevor ETN, Jason Marshall, Montreal Johnson, and Eugene Wilson there as well on the depth chart. So Trey Wilson, kickoff return and punt return. Uh, but th- did notice on the punt return, it does say or Ricky Pearsall or Wilson. So, hey, look, if he claims it pretty early, um, the thing is, he could just be this weapon on offense. We don't want him to get hurt either. So, you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, ha- had a balance. Maybe it really will be Pearsall or Wilson. And, you know, maybe they rotate so they limit the chance for injury. Maybe they both bring heavy value at the punt return spot. Then maybe they do just rotate. Uh, to kind of just limit the chances those guys can get hurt back there. They need to use him like they're using Zachariah Branch out at USC. Oh, I know. I mean, I, I think if I think that's uh, I saw it on Twitter as well. But you know, just the way they made it easy for him in his first game as a true freshman, but also you know he proved I think at the same time that you know he can play in that in that Lincoln Riley offense. But you could tell there were just plays designed for him. It's just like a little flick here, you just get the ball in his hand somehow, some way. I do think, I do think uh, we 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 will see Wilson using that in, 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 a lot in that same regard. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I was going to mention. I forgot that. I mean, you you know, even though they're freshmen, I mean, you you just look at what Branch did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it was San Jose State. Still, I mean, that was what he had like over two hundred yards total, and like overall like returns, uh, receiving, all that kind of stuff, man. Like, but I, I saw him in the Under Armour game. I knew he was going to be good anyway. <laughs> Uh, we'll keep with the specialists before I move to defense. Uh, Trace Mack on kickoff. Uh, Adam Mihalik, uh behind him. Place kicker is Adam Mihalik with Trace Mack behind him on place kicking. Punter Jeremy Crawshaw, no surprise there. Long snapper Rocco Underwood, no surprise there as well. So, all right, we'll move to the defense at the F spot and kind of been the one of the most popular topics lately with the injury to Justice Boone. 
F spot. Really no surprise here, guys. Tyreek Sapp uh, listed as a starter. Jack Pyburn behind him. That's basically what we knew. Uh, and then behind Pyburn, we got a or Cam James, a true freshman, or Kelby Collins, a true freshman. I think we, we have heard that those guys have been kind of coming along uh, as of late and really making the most of the opportunity, even before Boone went down with injury, that these freshmen at this spot, uh, at this edge rush F spot right here for the Gators with the hand in the dirt, style of defensive end uh, that these are the guys that are that are pushing for snaps as true freshmen we go to nose tackle cam jackson desmond watson jamari lyons uh lyons may be overlooked guys i have I, he and look he's been overlooked by me too I'll, I'll be honest with that um but asking around his name did get brought up they they like where he's at so he's probably going to get some playing time too and maybe add to the depth that we do think florida has more of now in the middle of that defensive line um, keep going here at end. They got Caleb Banks or Chris McClellan and Will Norman. Chris McClellan is also listed with a lower body injury that's questionable. First, I've heard of that. Uh, did not uh, yeah, it caught me by a little bit. Uh, caught me by surprise a little bit here on the depth chart uh, as far as Chris McClellan goes. And then at Jack, we got Princeton Human Mielin, TJ Searcy, a true freshman, or Jack Piper and Jack Piper are listed in both spots as the Jack and the F. So playing standing up, playing with his hand in the dirt as well. Uh, guys, what catches your eye right here on the defensive front? I I like the whole defensive depth chart. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Uh, sat, uh, right there on edge, Sap, Pyburn, James, Collins. I mean, like that that lineup right there is like I'm I'm really excited for Jack Pyburn. Like from from what I've been hearing in in the scrimmages, from what he's done in high school, especially his last senior year, he had like 21 sacks. Like I, I'm really excited for this kid. And I think he's really very, very underrated when it comes to a recruiting ranking, too. Hey, before somebody else jumps in, I'll, I'll keep this in mind. Do you guys – can you see where, you know, for Cam James, Kelby Collins, and you know, those guys, um, TJ Searcy, I want to see how much they're inserted into the game when it's not obvious passing situations. Uh, I do think for, for, for true freshmen, it is easy to tell them on a third and – six, seven, eight, maybe third long. Hey, we know your job is go get the quarterback. Where they are they are they in there when it's not an obvious passing situation? That that's what I'll be looking for. When these true freshmen are in there, is it just the obvious passing situations? I mean there's value in that as well. Going to get the quarterback. But that let me does that tell us anything about how far they're coming along, you know, if they're out there and when it's a questionable run pass, you know, that means they, they trust him to go out there and, and make the play in either scenario. Oh, come on now. Some other people. Yeah. Hop in guys. <laughs> Don't be shy. It's sad what you said, isn't it? For young guys to be able to play post casting situations, running situations, you should probably mention like a level of discipline. So if they are out there, right, right. then I think we should be really excited for the future because that means that they're understanding the entire concept of their responsibility that place. Cool. I, I gotta say, I, I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing how uh, some of the second string defensive interior guys do. Mm-hmm. Desmond Watson in his second year, uh, getting more minutes. Uh, Jamari Lyons as a redshirt freshman, and obviously Will Norman as a true freshman. 
with Chris McKellen now, I, I kind of feel like, you know, the starters are going to be run stuffers, that kind of thing. But I want to see how those younger guys, and especially Desmond Watson does, with another year of technique, another year of training, and see what they bring to the table. Yeah, hopefully McClellan is not out, but certainly questionable there. So we'll see see what that means. Somebody I'm really looking forward to in his second season. Um, all right, we'll move to linebacker. Okay, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Desmond Watson to be able to play with like other players so he can actually play and not be winded the entire time. Yeah. Like he can – like get it on just on the rundowns, do his damage, you know, absorb blocks, and then come out. That's what yep. I'm excited. About. That's think, another I, big I, thing. Yeah. We I'm still really year. surprised, right? <laughs> See, and I'm just surprised. And to kind of extend that, I mean, I like this depth, and I knew we've been talking about it since the spring. But guys, I, I don't think it's lip service. I really, I really do think Florida's they're certainly deeper than what they were last year. Now, how, what does that equate to as far as how better they'll play? That's still to be determined. They will be better. Hopefully, it's difference-making better. Yeah, you even heard Shane talk about it, too. They look like an SEC defensive line. Yeah. And I'm also wondering if on passing situations, does Florida take off a defensive lineman off the field and add another safety, add another defensive back because we have so many defensive backs that we feel good about, so many guys we want to see play, whether it be – Jaden Hill, Jalen Kember, uh, getting Kamari Wilson closer to the line of scrimmage, R.J. Moten, a guy you like want in the box, that kind of thing. Looking forward to see how Armstrong is, is uh, you know, creative when it comes to getting guys in the box and getting more guys in the field. Yeah, I remember, I remember him, you know, specifically talking about linebacker. That's where we'll go next. But you know, he 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 laid it out for us. There's gonna be times we got three linebackers on the field. There's going to be times we got two linebackers on the field. There's going to be times we got one linebacker on the field. <laughs> so uh, it does seem like, you know, and look, that's nothing new. I mean, it's not like some revelation or anything like that. But, uh, you know, a lot of defensive coordinators do that. It's nothing special for Austin Armstrong. Uh, but, you know, the, the a willingness to, um, you know, uh, adapt in a game uh, there at the uh, in your personnel that you put out there on the field. Uh, let's go to linebacker and Scooby Williams, the top of the depth chart here. Uh, or Miguel um, Taraja Mitchell or Derek Wingo. Uh, so a lot of oars in that one linebacker spot. Uh, and then the other linebacker spot, Shamar James, Manny Nunnery, or Jaden Robinson, another true freshman there for the Gators uh, in that linebacker spot. No, no, no surprise when you go six deep in, in the six names that we expected um, at this spot too. But uh, Scooby Williams listed at one of the linebacker spot, but also listed as the Sam uh, Scooby, Manny Nunnery, and don't forget, guys, Jamarcus Weston. Uh, we haven't talked about this at all. Uh, now listed <laughs> as a uh, as a linebacker for so from wide receiver to safety to now uh, Sam. Uh, more, you know, can, okay, we'll, we'll see. Maybe he's found a home here. Six three two thirty. When you look at Scooby Williams, about six two two thirty. Manny Nunnery, six one two twenty five. So he's got that build uh, of the other Sam linebackers that he's in the, the grouping with right here. But um, uh, yeah, that's um, probably one of um, one of the, I think depth wise, I'm just got some questions here, not in a bad way. It's just, I want to see who really contributes the, the most. So Shamar James, I feel the best about, of course, after his freshman season last year. Uh, but now, you know, throw in to Roger Mitchell coming in from Ohio state, uh, Scooby Williams with more experience at the linebacker spot. 
How does our true freshman Jaden Robinson fit in? Does Derek Wingo you know take that step that we've been waiting for? Like I I, I feel good and really good about you know the top of it. Um, I just want to see what happens behind those guys. There's going to be a lot of contributors here. So uh, there's you know the depth that I mentioned there. I just I, I'm just eager to see how it plays out. Yeah, it feels like this is a transition from what you said about um you having athletes and tweener guys to having guys that are been linebackers their entire lives. And I think Jamarcus Weston and Scooby Williams are great examples of what you mentioned. Guys who I think have been well-liked and now you have two staffs that have kind of fallen in love with them. So they're being given an incredible opportunity to carve out a role, to get on the field, to really show something. But if they don't, there are some real linebackers who you know have done this for years, ready to take their lunch money and get out there. So this is their big chance. If they can't do it, the Shamar James of the world, the Jaden Robinsons of the world are ready and set to you know take their place. I think. Yeah, I mean this is I mean this, this has got to be make or break year for Derek Wingo. It has to be. The, yeah. it, there's you can't give him more. I mean, yeah, and I, I hope you know the the leadership qualities that that's what I hear the most about him translates to the field somehow. You know, and we and, and we get that. Be a locker room guy. That's fine. Yeah, and I mean he's he's at least that, and that's why he's on the team. He's at least that. I I, I hope I hope we see more. I just hope he stays healthy to be yes. able to yeah. yep. show that. Right. I think I think that's what's really hindered his career yes. is his injury. He's probably super talented, but like he just for whatever reason just yeah. can't make it through a season. Well, here, here's here's the question I have. Are we going to see some of what seems to be athletic depth, competition at different positions, wide receiver, safety, linebacker? Are we going to see some of this bleed over into seeing a special teams that actually looks like what we expect Florida to look like on special teams? We're going to see, wow, this guy's popping, that guy's popping, this guy's trying to show what he can do to get on the field in you know the main eleven on eleven stuff. Like, are we going to see that, or is it just going to be all talk? Like, what, what do you think? That's a good point. I mean, uh, that, that's where I look for somebody like Manny Nunnery. Um, I expect him to contribute on defense, but also expect him to be a – I mean, he's got that background too, be a big-time contributor on special teams. I want five block punts this year. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I want to see more Preach. on the return. On punt return. Yeah. See, see, see what what we yeah, seems like we got it. That and uh, more made field goals. But Alan Malik, I heard he hit like 90% of his in like scrimmages. So I guess that's a lot better than what he did like, what, 60 last year? <laughs> we just not stress about field goals and just score touchdowns. There we go. And, uh, there we go. There we, go. <laughs> hey, man, we know it'll come up at some point. But uh, all right, let me finish defense, guys, right here. Let's go to the defensive backfield and star. No surprise, Jaden Hill. Uh, right here, listed as a starter, Jadarius, per- or it says, or Jadarius Perkins, and then Sharif Denson as well. So, no surprise. Uh, that's the names we expected uh, at the star spot here. Uh, going to cornerback spot, uh, number one, we'll say that because it's Jason Marshall. Uh, behind him, Jakeem Jackson or Aaron Gates. Um, safety spots. Is that a money sign on that depth chart? I think. No, never mind. That's my computer screen. Um, <laughs> uh, I was about to say, oh, do we got something new here? Do we have a money sign for one of the safety spots? Um, Your money don't make money, Dave. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Miguel Mitchell, uh, Kamari Wilson, 
uh, or Bryce Thornton. Uh, so that's one of the safety spots. And hey, look, out of spring practice, before they brought RJ Moten in, we were looking at Miguel Mitchell and Kamari Wilson. That was the the secondary everybody was pegging. Then you go get RJ Moten. Uh, so at one safety spot, we have Miguel Mitchell backed up by Kamari Wilson, and then Bryce Thornton go to the other safety spot, and maybe the biggest surprise of the whole depth chart. And we're 35 minutes in to recording right here, and we get to the biggest surprise maybe of Jordan Castell, true freshman, listed as a starter at safety, backed up by the experienced transfer R.J. Moten from Michigan, and then Bryce oh, Thornton behind that. So That guy's just got it. That's, that kid's love it. That's surprising, guys. Uh, if you would have told me, I probably yeah. would have said maybe Castell, if he was going to start, it would be alongside Moten. It'd be Moten and Castell, but it was like it's Miguel Mitchell and Jordan Castell. So, um, what does it say about Kamari? Uh, well, I mean, we've talked about that. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's not uh, going to rotate anyway. Yeah, they I are. Thought we've seen good things coming out of camp that he's improved a lot. Oh, hey, maybe, maybe. Okay, well, maybe Florida has four good safeties. Hey, that would be first there time. Wait. I mean, you'd love for the good things we hear, right, to mean depth. It doesn't necessarily mean, well, we only got two guys and nothing behind. Maybe maybe Wilson did step up. Uh, and, you know, Florida's got some options uh, at, at safety. And, look, we know that's the spot, and you guys just said it, that uh, we'll see more faces uh, at, at that spot. But, uh, look, Miguel Mitchell, Jordan Castell, Kamari Wilson, R.J. Bowden, I expect those guys to play a lot. I expect them to rotate a lot. So, um, but still, you know, seeing the true freshman back there at a spot where it's just been a sore spot for Florida, um, pretty pretty surprising to see Castell back there listed as a starter. Uh, let's go to the other corner spot, uh, Jalen Kimber or Devin Moore. Uh, and I think we've kind of been following along that. No surprise there. They really, really like – it's not lip service, guys. They really like Jalen Kimber, what he's been able to do. Uh, Devin Moore hopefully can build and stay healthy, uh, but build on what he was able to do last year. Uh, Dijon Johnson uh, listed as the third cornerback at that spot. So uh, Kimber or Moore, Castell, Mitchell, Jason Marshall, Jaden Hill. Looks like your starting defensive back build. So is Aaron Gates and Jakeem like right there neck and neck? I don't know. I, I, I mean, honestly, I've heard a lot more about Jakeem. Um, yeah. This is kind of expecting four there. Yeah, I, you, you're right. I, I would have, if you would have asked me before this, and we get three names there, and it's Marshall, Jakeem, Gates, I would have not expected the or between Jackson and Gates. And look, I mean, who knows how to take this stuff? You know, it, it's fun to talk about. <laughs> Can we make too much of ors? Probably. Can we make too much of this whole thing? Probably. But, uh, hey, they, they put it out. And they, they, if you're going to put it out, we're going to talk about it. Here's my favorite trivia question about this initial depth chart. Yeah. Um, there are five players on the entire three deep depth chart that are listed as seniors for Florida. Mm. So we got three on offense, two on defense. Who are those five players? Well, I got it pulled up here so I can cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you pretty Ricky, obviously. Yeah, okay. yep, yep. <laughs> the only one would be Jason Marshall, right? No. Uh, he's, only, he's only a junior. He's, he's, he's leaving. He's, he's Rada, Rada Mitchell. There you ah, go. Toronto Mitchell, but he's not even a starter, but he is, he is in the 3D. Not you got Lindell, Lindell Hudson. Kingsley? Uh, Kingsley's on your junior. Oh, wow. Uh, there's Lindell Hudson, 
Dante Zanders Perkins, and right. Darius Perkins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are the are the, are the, the, the fatal five. Yeah, some of you guys Wait, are going well, by. All but three guys, guys on defense, they're well, redshirt freshmen sophomores. I think 70% of the entire team is first or second year, I believe. Um, well, but we, but we only two guys that are seniors. Senior. Yeah, no. <laughs> on defense. And you only have, what, one, two? I mean, J- J- Darius might start. We'll, we'll see what happens, obviously. Yeah. He's neck and neck. But Taraja seems like, obviously, for the moment, he's been beat out by Scooby, at least early in the week. But uh, it's, these, these, are, these are good problems to have, you know? Yeah, I mean, you got seven starters on defense that are sophomores or freshmen. Yeah, imagine bringing that back next year and a year after that, like and a, and a recruiting class and transfers. You know, yeah, it's exciting. It really is. I mean, you look at this defense, and you know what I wanted to do. Yeah, and you know what I wanted to do as an exercise. I mean, I don't know if I can. Let me see if I can find it. But pull up the depth chart from last year's matchup. Oh, I know somebody's got it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Florida, Utah. What is that? 2022. I mean, it's going to be... It's, it's going to look so much different. I know I have Yeah. It. I have depth charts on my PC. I, I just don't... Look. Uh, I save yeah, I know. Let's see. Will it go back a year? Will it go back a year? Oh, I saved it from something I tweeted on December 30th. When I... Oh, here, guys, here's a tweet from December 30th, 2022. How weird is this? This is what the tweet says. Gators depth chart week one versus Utah. It's going to look a lot different in 2023 week one versus Utah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and here we go, because I have it. So let's go. Here, here's the depth chart from a year ago. Xavier Henderson, Dejon Reynolds, or Marcus Burke. That's one wide receiver spot. Another receiver spot, Ricky Persall, Trent Whittemore, Jamarcus Weston, left tackle, Richard Garage, Cam Waits, left guard, Ethan White, Richie Leonard, center, Kingsley Aguaken. So there you go. Uh, besides Ricky Persall, Kingsley Aguaken is your second you know, contributor, starter, coming back. Right guard, Osiris Torrance. Right tackle, Michael Tarquin. Tight end, Dante Xanders. There's another one. Quarterback, of course, Anthony Richardson. Running back, Daquan Wright uh, there. So there's kind of your differences on uh, offense. On defense, Princely at defensive end a year ago. Um, Ventrell, obviously. Yep, right. Amari Burney. Yep, yep. yep. Jalen Lee at nose tackle was listed as a nose tackle. Jervon Dexter. Uh, that lets you know we we already we already knew the defensive front and, and uh, trading yeah Jack God bless Jack uh, Britton Cox Jr. Antoine Powell Ryland Lloyd Summerall <laughs> uh, <laughs> David Reese uh, the number four David Reese was lit. that's the Jack spot from a year ago guys there you go Britton Cox Antoine Powell Ryland Lloyd Summerall David Reese none of those guys are on the team rest in peace. Linebacker, Ventro Miller. <laughs> linebacker, Amari no, Burney. Dewan Black was listed as a linebacker. Travis Johnson. Uh, Kamar Will Coxon as the, at the star. Where was Dewan Black at? He was listed at uh, one of the linebacker spots. Third, third string linebacker, inside linebacker, yeah. Yep. And then um, wow. Jason Marshall That's at one of the quarterback spots. Safety, of course, Rashad Torrance, <laughs> Trey Dean. 
uh, Avery Helm starting at cornerback last year. Um, but oh, we know Devin, I think we you know Devin Moore got a lot of playing time anyway. Uh, so let me that let you, that let you know, guys. We saw it last year. Avery Helm started at corner last year, but we saw Devin Moore. You know, in that last drive versus Utah. Uh, yeah. So you know that that's how you know the depth chart. It's yeah. all good. It's all fun. But we're, we're going to go down the depth chart. We know that. We know the game of football. You're, you're going to these names that are on the depth chart. You're going to see them. But that that's, you know, so. that's just crazy how much it changed from a year ago. Yeah, and we beat Utah with that lineup. <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> in football. Don't get me wrong; anything can happen. But we beat Utah with that lineup. <laughs> they they got the best out of Amari Bernie. He actually at times resembled a linebacker last year. Oh, yeah. that, that, that's how that's how much coaching <laughs> and motivation and strength coaches will do for you. You know, so God bless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he was probably the most improved player on that defense from like year to year. Was Amari Bernie? Yeah. So guys, I mean, so now, granted, those are the know, things that are so satisfying, you know, just to see those guys, you know, actually have a moment <laughs> after so much frustration, you know. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, should that make you feel better about you know those young names that we're talking about at linebacker? You know, and now Scooby mm-hmm. second year with this coaching staff, Shamar right. James second year with this coaching staff. I mean, you we saw the improvement in somebody like Amari Bernie who. We never saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. I was one of the biggest Amari Bernie fans just as a person, and I never saw that coming. I would not have predicted He clinched the game <laughs> against Utah. I mean, he clinched the game, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I'm excited to see how much growth there is at that position just based on using that example last year. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fired up about who we're starting. Like, I, like Castell's earned it. So, it's like I, I'm fired up so, about this. Oh, Ryan, you went with the – you went with uh, that was Ryan. Ryan was on another screen, right? That just said no, that. No. Oh, Harrison. No, it was Harrison, Justin. Harrison. Okay, Harrison Ford. By the way, that's a, but yeah, Justin. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a good point. You know, I bring that up a lot when we see freshmen out there, especially freshmen in the first game. Great point. You know they earned it. Like this is not uh, this is this is not a charity. These guys went out there and earned it. Yeah. But when you look at Naquan Wright as a starting running back last year, it, it makes you wonder, like, I, I think there's a certain aspect to this where, you know, Napier rewards the guys that do things the right way. So you, you think about Xanders, you think about, you know, some of these other guys, are they really going to be starting in week three, week four, like, right. like, uh, like Naquan did? Good point. I mean, prob- probably not. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> It's hard to it's hard to imagine Aikon Wright was a super locker room guy when like every night on his story he was leaving or transferring somewhere or mad about something. And it's hard to really imagine he was a super locker room guy with an attitude like that. Yeah, Does it mean I see that happen anymore? We don't see a whole lot of drama come out of the team. No, really don't. It, it wasn't the, the Naquan, field trouble. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, off the field trouble, ahead, pretty much non existent. I mean yeah, this team. I haven't seen a team that's this connected and this close probably since, I don't know, 08, 07, 08. Yeah, we haven't had to kick off any people prior to the season either. <laughs> yeah, you hope that means something. Uh, you hope that- now you said it. You said it. Knock on wood. What's that wood at? <laughs> How many people got arrested in the Hey, shout yeah, out to point. the 2012 team, 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you could, it was obvious they were locked in and playing for each other the entire season. For sure. Shout out to Scooby getting yeah. a start. That's yeah, first, right? Yeah. I was going to say, I think a lot of that also matters. Like the mental, uh, mental, uh, oh God, I'm losing the word. The, the mental part of the game and like the team cohesion and all that, that matters a lot on that football field. Cause when you got a lot of players that just don't care, they're, they're not going to do anything on the football field. They're going to be individual players and not want to play, you know, team football. I mean, we saw a lot of breakdowns in the defense last year. Nobody was on the same page. And now, I mean, especially you got a little bit, I guess, of a glimpse in the spring game. I, it's like I said, I don't like to put too much into them, but like I saw a lot more cohesion back there on defense, especially, you know, with, with the pass rush and all that stuff. But, yeah. But Dion, Dion said culture doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, he'll find out real quick. Well, well he, he said that he said that that crappy culture that he was coming into ain't matter. You guys think I'm getting some real guys in here? I'm I'm going to be very interested to watch Dion this year how how it works and all because yeah. uh, building building culture on the fly is I don't know I, I'm lucky that we don't have to watch the test tube babies, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> So for me, the surprises are Khalil Jackson and Castell, but those two excite me a lot. Yeah, yeah. Legacies, baby. Legacies. <laughs> I, I am really excited to see the defensive line and how much like gap coverage that they have, how much pressure they can put on the quarterback just by themselves without having to uh, blitz a linebacker or anything like that, just how much they can push that offensive line. I'm really curious to see that. Well, and that. Also, I want to see how, how long, they're, if they're able to wear opposing teams down with their depth. If by second quarter, third quarter, if they're just leaning on guys and, and they're having to throw the ball away quickly because you got the backups in there just, you know, big and huge the way we did against Ohio State a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think we finally have safeties we can trust to leave our corners on islands. And that is so great for the defensive line in the front seven. Yeah, I think you know, I mean, think about as far as like linebackers and safeties, like think about how much easier your job is whenever you're behind a defensive line that can actually get in the backfield. Yeah. And it has the depth to, you know, keep the motor going throughout the game. I mean, just Especially imagine have defensive tackles. Yeah. There was a while when when we didn't, because many years where we could not recruit those guys or there weren't the guys to recruit at defensive tackle. So to be able to get two guys that have multiple years of eligibility left to start as transfers, I think is huge as a stopgap. I mean, that's me. That's the, that's the biggest win of the transfer season was to get those two guys with multiple years of eligibility in here and get them in here in the spring. So they could be in training and get acclimated and stuff. I don't think that can be uh, overestimated. I know Cam has more years available, uh, available. He wants to be in the NFL a year from now. He won't be here long. (laughs) Those are the aspirations. Those are the aspirations. Look, I hope it works out because that well, means that means he played well enough. Yeah, exactly. There yeah. you go. That's what I'm saying. Like usually, if, if a guy is actually that good, yeah, we're 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 kissing him on the cheek when he leaves. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I'm, I'm liking especially the recruiting class. Like, if if we hold on to this recruiting class, hopefully, but uh, if it, that recruiting class coming in creates more depth that can stay long, and that way we have to use the transfer portal less. And mm-hmm. when we're using the transfer portal, we're just getting good players out of there and not using it to fill spots or band aid yeah. spots. Cherry yeah. pick, cherry pick. Yeah, well, and, and and ideally, you're to me what I what I what I want to do is use the transfer portal to be able to do that second layer of recruiting. The guys that maybe made the wrong decision, or hey, made the right decision, picked up some bags of cash. But now the second time around, they can come home to mama <laughs> and but play for not, the team they should have played for. 
That's what I want. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but but look at it. Even the teams that recruit really well, there's going to be positions. Like Alabama has had to hit the transfer portal yeah. for wide receivers. Georgia's had to hit the transfer portal for wide receivers. Even you recruit exactly. at the elite of the elite. There's might be a position group you still have to go hit. You know, you're not gonna. Yes. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, if the transfer portal didn't exist, those schools are still in the best position, and probably would have been the best position anyway. But they found the need to have to go. Uh, you know, hit the transfer report, even with as good as they recruit. So, you know, yeah, recruiting yeah. uptick, we're still, there's still going to be a need for it to, to fill in the spots there. You know, this, you know, and for Florida, you know, that's still what, two, three cycles away where you're going to put yourself at a Georgia, Alabama level. If you're recruiting the way we're recruiting, you got to do that two or three more times before you even start to think you're at that level. So, what do you the, think? The about- other- oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I think the, the, the one the one guy that I'm thinking that has a chance to go from no name to hot name is Russ Calloway <laughs> because there's oh, no expectations yeah. for this tight end room. A bunch of guys who, you know, you know, we're, we're recruited, but maybe tweeners or injured or this that, and the other. But if suddenly you're able to play two tight end sets and these guys are flashing and blocking all the stuff and he's the guy you handpicked when you could have brought in maybe anybody and he was kind of a who type of a guy <laughs> when we're hoping to bring in some, some big name. If the tight ends actually produce after, again, no big names, that's the guy, and, and you're going to get a lot of credit for those players and that position group and all. So that, that, that's what I keep thinking about, looking at these names, even looking at Arliss Boardingham, the one kind of bigger name in some ways. He's third string right now. I think he'll still play, but it's interesting. Jonathan Odom, now that he's healthy, they're obviously pushing him into the two deep. Um, to get him on the field. And again, another legacy alongside Khalil Jackson, because as an older fan, I like seeing the names pop up <laughs> time and again, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, go, go ahead. But we'll, uh, last little thought here before I got to go. So go ahead. Do we have an All-American on the team? Ooh. Yes. Jason Marshall, for sure. All-American. Sure. So we're talking like, Ricky's what they call. So so we're talking bricks, Pretty right? What they call we're talking a brick. <laughs> yeah, like this year, not like in a couple yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So we're talking a brick. Ooh, eyes Mertz. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's talking brick and trophy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think I think we stand the lineman, Barber. Hmm. Why not? Man, that's a that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Or Cam Jackson. Cam, so I think it's be a Cam might be one. Marshall. Um, I don't. Yeah, Marshall sounds like the, like the best bet to me. Yeah. I'd say if the defense is doing what we hope they do, and he's flashing the way we've had DBs flash in the past, then hopefully that's the guy. Yeah, hopefully a running back. We'll hopefully a running back. But I don't know if I see the. They'll spend the vote though. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, I heard on uh, Gators Breakdown Pod that probably Arliss Morningham is might be a uh, All American. Heard it here first. Hey, it's like everyone's kind of talking that it might be realistic for Mertz to look at thirty passes a game. I mean, if that's the case, then Pearsall might even have an opportunity to be, you know, All American at the end of the season. That's the other one. Can, can, can he pull a Travis McGriff and just wait? How many yards did he get? Type of a season. Yeah, that's a that's a, ooh, that's a tough one. That's a good question. That's a tough one. 
I'm still waiting on uh, Whittingham to decide who he wants to play a quarterback. Yeah. Because he's told like, a million. I don't think we're going to get that answer until Thursday. We, won't we can get an after Thursday, Thursday. I'm a, 70% Cam Jackson. Let's go. We will find out at 758 yeah. Thursday night, probably. I, 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 hope, I hope that tight end is healthy, though. I'm, I'm going to see what we do against that, that tight end. I, I know, you know, we sh- I should want him not to play just because he's so good, but that dude was fun to watch, and I want to see what Armstrong has for him. So I'm hoping that the tight end at least is healthy. So we'll see. <sighs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for hopping on short notice here. I didn't know when the depth chart was dropping. I had a few minutes here, but uh, let me uh, go get back to – Live for a second, uh, do some <laughs> do some article writing a little bit for the website. Uh, prepare for a Tuesday night episode. I will release it. I got I got to kind of edit it together because I got to record different parts of it at different times uh, with a, with having a guest on. Uh, but uh, Porter Larson from uh, there there in Utah will join me like he did last year. So Tuesday night, be on the lookout for the Utah preview. Uh, episode as we uh, get into this first game. But thanks for the short notice and you guys hopping on right here on Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. This has been a preview of a Gators Breakdown Plus members chat. You can take part in chats like these by joining Gators Breakdown Plus starting at $3 a month. Link is in the description and you get access to all these features. You get these extra episodes. You get access to the Discord server where you get to have text chats. It takes part in chats like these as well. Hey, another big bonus, ad-free Gators Breakdown episodes, Q&As, giveaways, custom shout-outs, all that at Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description. Come join us.